you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Welcome, everybody. This is Move the Sticks. Our week one Sunday is in the books, and the gang is back together on a Monday morning. Hello, everybody. I am Rhett Lewis here with our former NFL scouts, our lead draft analyst, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. And guys, for everybody out there that loves our 10 takeaways that we've done for the last couple of years, you're still going to get that here. We're still digging into the biggest games with the biggest takeaways, DJ. Great to be back with you. Yeah. Uh, it's great to be back, guys. This feels like Christmas, and yesterday I felt like we looked under the tree and there were some pri- some surprises there uh, from what we saw yesterday. Yeah, absolute surprises, but I think Sunday fun day is always outstanding when you get a chance to watch NFL games, very competitive games at that. Well, let's kick things off here, as we will every Monday here with you on Move the Sticks with our big three. Getting to the top games of the week one Sunday, and we will begin this one with the Browns. Winless in their last 16 season openers were close to changing that in Kansas City. They led all game, up by nine with 10 to go in the fourth quarter. And then Patrick Mahomes, a pair of passing touchdowns to take the Chiefs' first lead of the game, one they'd hold thanks to a Baker interception late. Mahomes now on the comeback. 
I think we just have a lot of belief in this team. Uh, we've been in those situations before, and we think that we can win no matter what the situation is. Um, and then getting that play to Tyreek kind of got the crowd back into it. And when you're at Arrowhead and that crowd's rolling, it gets the defense going, and it kind of translates to the offense. And so uh, uh, I'm just glad that we found a way to win against a really good football team. Up nine in the fourth quarter for a team on the road at Arrowhead taking on the AFC champions. Bucky, for the Browns, like you were about as close as you could get to making this happen, and yet they fell short at the end. Yeah, they fell short. And for me, the takeaway is Baker Mayfield left money on the table. This is a quarterback, number one overall pick a couple years ago. Uh, the team and Baker Mayfield's representatives are trying to figure out how they go forward in terms of a new contract and what you need to see from Baker Mayfield if you're the Browns in these money situations. Can Baker put the offense on his back and come through? In the fourth quarter, in need of a fourth-quarter comeback or a game-winning drive, Baker Mayfield came up short twice, three and out, then the last drive finished in an interception. And so when you're the Cleveland Browns and you're looking at your quarterback and you're thinking – is he worthy enough of being in the $40 million club that we've seen these quarterbacks get into? That drive leaves you wanting more. You wonder, is he good, not great, and whether you settle when it comes to good when it's time to pay him a new contract? Yeah, I think you could be maybe frustrated with that, Buck, not being able to make a play there at your quarterback position. But this is one of the five youngest rosters in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. And you saw that talent was on display. This is this is a legit, legit Super Bowl contending roster. They were right there with the Kansas City Chiefs. But when I flip it over and look at the Chiefs, this is what's scary for the league. They break in three rookie offensive line starters. They did not play great. The whole offensive line was new, and it was it was just kind of a little bit of a clunky effort. They get down in this game, and then you get down to the end of it, and lo and behold, they score 33 points. Mahomes throws for 337 yards, and they find a way to win a football game where they really they're still trying to figure things out. Uh, up front. So that's the scary thing. They're only going to get better up front. And they just went toe to toe with one of the best teams in the NFL and came out with a win when they weren't at their best. You know, yeah, DJ, what's funny about yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs is we talk about this team comparing to the Golden State Warriors for years because they have spurt ability. They can play bad for 55 minutes, but in a five minute span, they can get hot and score points with Pat Mahomes and the weapons that they have on offense. They're never out of a game. And look, we talked a lot about the improved Browns defense. And, and I think for the majority of this game, at least for the first 50 minutes, you really saw it. I mean, they kept the Chiefs in front of them. Uh, they pressured Patrick Mahomes, even though I think they only sacked him twice. Felt like he was under duress a fair amount in this game. And then you just got to limit those explosive plays when Mahomes needs it the most. Easier said than done, right? But that, that big one to Tyreek Hill really kind of changed the landscape of the game there in the fourth quarter. And the Chiefs showed some grit to get it done. Uh, in week one. Let's move on to game number two of our big three. The Bills shut out the Steelers in the first half. 10 to nothing. Then the Steelers put up 20 unanswered to start the second half, got some help from special teams, and a blocked punt return for a touchdown to take a lead they would not relinquish, spoiling the Bills' home opener for Josh Allen and company. Whether it be you know, just first game nerves or jitters or, you know, feeling stuff at my feet. Um, but again, I got to I gotta play better. I got to be better. Uh, I know that, um, you know. And again, like I said, we're going we're gonna to learn from this and uh, we're not going to panic. You know, it's 16 games left and, um, you know, we, we, we know what we need to do. And again, we're going to look at the film and, and work and strive to get better. 
Yeah, for an offense in Buffalo that looked like they had all the answers last year, certainly felt like they were out of rhythm, could not find a rhythm in this game, especially through the air. DJ, what was your major takeaway from this one? Well, it's interesting when you go back and you watch the tape and then you study the tape and then you go try and look up all the analytics and the numbers to see if things match up. And I thought in this game, they had some opportunities deep down the field and they just weren't quite able to connect. And that's something when you go back and look at this Bills team last year, Josh Allen, air yards 10 plus was 56.2%, you know, making those things happen. In this game, he was 39%. So there was a drop off there. They had some opportunities, weren't able to cash those in. And this is an offense that's just dynamic and explosive. And the Pittsburgh Steelers did a nice job, as you look at this deep one here, I'd like to have that one back. Uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers did a nice job of just limiting those big plays from a big play offense. You know, it's funny, DJ, you talk about limiting big plays. I think the biggest thing happened at halftime when the Pittsburgh Steelers made some adjustments. And those adjustments happened in all three phases of the game. Offensively, they were able to achieve some level of balance. Uh, running pass, Ben Roethlisberger played really well, even though he didn't have over 200 passing yards. But then defensively, they were able to kind of throttle the Buffalo Bills when it mattered the most. They were able to force some turnovers on downs. Uh, they were able to get off the field in a key situation. But really, the game turned around on a special teams effort. They were able mm -hmm. to block a punt, return the punt for touchdowns. And that was part of five straight drives in which the Pittsburgh Steelers finished with points on the board. To be able to score each and every time that you have the ball in the second half and get the benefit of a punt, speaks volumes about Mike Tomlin and his staff's ability to make adjustments at halftime. Well, look, we're all friends here, but I got to apologize to you guys because I haven't done anything as nice for you as what T.J. Watt did for Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> because he got the Pittsburgh Steelers to change how they do contracts. They paid T.J. Watt yeah, buddy. what he deserved. And now Minka Fitzpatrick is next in line. So he is... I don't know what's for dinner, but I'm pretty sure that T.J. Watt doesn't have to buy from Minka Fitzpatrick because that deal is going to be coming down the pipeline. Minka Fitzpatrick was phenomenal in this ballgame. Hey, and remember when we were all excited about the Steelers taking Najee Harris uh, in the first round and the Steelers had all this talk about him being a three-down back? I think we just call him an every-down back because he played every offensive snap for the Pittsburgh Steelers in his rookie debut. Look, the numbers weren't great, and I think they'll get better, but he had a couple of big runs late to help run some clock, uh, which certainly helped the Steelers' cause in this one. Let's move on to the final game of our big three, and that was an absolute blowout in Jacksonville. This did not go according to plan, perhaps on all fronts. Playing a home game at the Jaguars' home stadium, the Saints watched Jameis throw five touchdowns, Watch Aaron Rodgers throw two picks, first of which was in the red zone, and an offense for Green Bay and a team overall absolutely out of sync. Got to give the Saints all the credit in the world. They came ready to play, uh, absolutely embarrassed us today, and uh, you can't do that against a well-coached and quality football team. Our guys are going to have to take a long, hard look in the mirror. It starts with myself. Obviously, didn't get these guys ready to play ball, and... That's what happens when you, when you go out there and play like that against a good football team. Well, Bucky, I think uh, most people, if you're reading the box score and didn't see a minute of that game, you, you'd think the quarterback stat lines were switched, right? Five touchdowns for the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, sure, a couple of picks for Jameis, okay. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that was an absolute flop. And not just on him, that entire team came out flat in this game. Yeah, the entire team came out flat, but should we be surprised that the Green Bay Packers didn't have an offensive rhythm after all the stuff that they had endured this offseason? 
let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers has kind of been checked out from the Green Bay Packers. And so you can't show up at training camp and think that everything is going to flow like it ended a season ago. And so to see Aaron Rodgers have two interceptions, to see him out of sync and not in rhythm with the wide receivers really shouldn't strike us as a surprise. There's a reason why you practice every day. There's a reason why you have training camp and preseason games and all those other things to build that trust in chemistry and connectivity through repetition. When they didn't have those reps in the offseason, at some point it was going to show up. The Packers found out that it showed up in week one. So now Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the team, they got to get back to work to make up for some of the ground that they didn't get done in the summer. I mean, yeah, Jameis Winston throws. Right. Yeah, go ahead, DJ. No, I was going to say they, just, they didn't look right. And to me, when you yeah. when you watch it, I thought there was a lot of four man rush. When you look at the stats, Aaron Rodgers fifty two percent against a four man rush. Like that's not Aaron Rodgers the way he normally plays. But I do think we didn't talk enough about the trenches coming into this game. David Bakhtiari not out there. Corey Lindsley now plays for the Chargers. And you look at that Saints front, they were able to rush four. They were able to heat him up a little bit. And it just didn't look it didn't look like vintage Aaron Rodgers, that's for sure. Yeah, Marcus Davenport uh, had a nice game, but following an injury situation uh, for him that could cause him to miss some time following this game. We'll keep an eye on that one for you. But I, look, DJ, I was down in New Orleans for about a week during training camp, saw a couple of their practices and from that moment to now, seeing Jameis Winston throw five touchdown passes and Michael Thomas didn't catch one of them, obviously, on PUP for the first six weeks of this season, I think is, is pretty amazing because that was the big question. Who's going to catch all these passes from whoever the quarterback ends up being? Man, didn't look like it was much of an issue, DJ. Yeah, I guess you know. Hey, lacrosse is uh, is in the back is in the back burner right now. If you're <laughs> <laughs> token, yeah. If, if if you're with the Saints and you're like, you know, I had a lacrosse career going, like, no, no need to uh, to continue that. So uh, no, when I when I watch Jameis in this game, though, Rhett, again, I don't think we talked enough about the trenches. This offensive line is really good. You can talk about what's not coming back. No Drew Brees, no Michael Thomas, and look at you know their skill positions. The offensive line was really good. They didn't have to throw it a million times, which allowed Jameis to be very efficient. And we want to know, can Jameis just avoid those costly mistakes? And he did. He, he yeah, played a clean he football game. And when the opportunities were there, he cashed in. So, uh, no, this is, again, I always feel dumb. We spend this whole offseason. We talk quarterbacks and we talk receivers and, and we talk all these skill guys. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, when you look at these games, the majority of them were one up front in the trenches. I thought the Saints were a much better football team up front. Yeah, there were, and there was some question about who was going to be that other corner outside of Marshawn Lattimore. Um, turns out Paulson Adebo can play. Uh, and we saw him get his hands on the football, had an interception in this game, the rookie from Stanford. Uh, so that's, uh, that'll be something to follow, especially with Lattimore now also nursing uh, an injury. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs, 
Yeah, like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect, whether that's live music the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect. The Cardinals seemed like they weren't necessarily even playing against the Titans. It was almost as if Kyler Murray and Chandler Jones were trying to one-up each other, each with five fantastic plays, five sacks for Chandler Jones, and Kyler Murray, five total touchdowns and let's put that into perspective here for you with a look at what Kyler did here so this shows you that Kyler Murray now becomes the sixth player since 1950 to go with four passing touchdowns four or more and one or more rushing TD in a season opener last guy to do it believe it or not Ryan Fitzpatrick back in 2018 but Kyler Murray was just fantastic in this game DJ and it makes you think what could have been last year if he hadn't gotten hurt because like this is what we expect from Kyler Murray now when he's full go right yeah I, to me it was a good look at what this offense can be and beca- because of yeah. Kyler Murray and I'll add bringing in Rondale Moore uh, put him with Christian Kirk now you've got a couple guys that are the quick hitters you know Hopkins is going to be able to get down the field whatever you get from AJ Green is kind of gravy but they have these two guys now where you can get the quick completions and let them run after the catch and make things happen so you're a defense, you get used to that. Then the next thing you know, Kyler Murray's scrambling around and you've got to stay plastered in coverage for four, five, six seconds because he's buying all kinds of time with his athleticism. So they are a nightmare to defend when Kyler Murray is fully healthy. And I think you hit it there, Rhett. If he would have stayed healthy last year, this probably is a playoff team. And we would have been talking about them coming into this season. Uh, now they've been laying low. And uh, look, this is a team you got to be uh, you got to be talking about in, in a very interesting division. 
Yeah, look, they're a very talented team, and offensively they certainly can put up points. But I want to cast my eyes on the defense and give Chandler love, Chandler Jones all the yeah. love for being a dominant player off the edge. It is rare for you to see an all-pro defender run an all-pro tackle off the field, but that's what Chandler Jones did with three sacks in the first quarter, five on the game, two forced fumbles, and he was able to do it in a variety of ways using a variety of techniques. He has been one of the best edge rushers in football since 2012, but now you got a chance to see the dominance and the disruptive nature of his game. He was fantastic, and because he was so dominant, he set the table for his teammates and allowed Vance Joseph to really come after the Titans. You know, I think this game was especially interesting, and just credit to Chandler Jones, absolutely phenomenal phenomenal effort uh, in this game. But I think this game was interesting because when you think about the perceptions of these two teams, particularly on offense, you think maybe, you know, air raid offense, Kingsbury, a bit more finesse, and then you've got that smash mouth, you know, Tennessee Titans, King Henry led a rushing attack for, for Tennessee, and then, you know, they sprinkle in a little A.J. Brown, some Julio here at some point. But I felt like, DJ, that this was an important game for the Cardinals to come out and dominate, given the stylistic differences between these two teams. Yeah, and, you know, I mentioned the division they play in. You're out there in the NFC right. West. I mean, this is physical football teams you're going to be dealing with. So they need yeah. to prove that they can hang in that style of a, of a game. And they did in this one. Look, when you finish a game and you have a guy who's been an all-pro tackle tweeting out an apology to his teammates yeah. and to their fans – then you know that you've won the line of scrimmage. And that's absolutely what they did. Not only rushing the quarterback, but being able to limit Derrick Henry in this ballgame as well. One, one little nugget on the Titans side of things. I think we all just kind of glossed over Corey Davis leaving because they brought Julio Jones in. Not only is right. Corey Davis kind of an ascending young player, Corey Davis is one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL. So, I, look, it's a small little detail, uh, but there's some new pieces that need to come together in jail for Tennessee. They did not look good in the opener. Still waiting on the coming out party for Julio Jones as a Tennessee Titan. Have not seen it yet. It's under new faces in new places. Talking about rookies and veterans. Obviously, you just saw Matthew Stafford. We'll get into that here in just a second. Uh, we saw some rookies, uh, some teams utilize rookie starters a ton. Jets had six start week one and the Steelers had five. And so those are some firsts that we're going to that we're going to focus on in this segment. It's our Elite 8. So basically what we're going to do each Monday is with our Elite Elite 8 segment kind of go through eight topics with one common theme. And this week's theme is a theme of firsts. Not only the first Sunday of the NFL, but a lot of firsts around the league. And let's start here DJ with what caught your eye uh, as a first that uh, stood out to you. What do you got? Well, let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles and their big win on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. And Devontae Smith making his first start, his first target was his first touchdown. So there's a lot of firsts that can <laughs> roll them together for one with Devontae Smith. Beautiful ball here from Jalen Hurts. Dropped it right in the bucket, right over his shoulder. Six catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Not a bad start to a player who I know Bucky and I shared the opinion. Uh, very similar to Justin Jefferson coming into the league in terms of his polish. And man, did he look good in his first game. He absolutely looked great. Uh, Jalen Hurts found him early and often. He had a terrific run uh, after catch. But then let's go to Trey Lance in San Francisco. I've been advocating for the Niners to play both quarterbacks. What they, they do in the first game, they get Trey Lance right on the field, and right away he throws a touchdown pass. First pass is a touchdown. It's exactly what you want to see. As you're prepping him for a bigger role down the line, getting him some reps, even as Paul of a smart package, 
will allow the game to slow down for him. So kudos to the 49ers getting Trey Lance up and running and him rewarding them with the touchdown in his first pass. And let's let's clap it up for Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase, who has yet to record his first drop. That's right. <laughs> After leading the preseason, uh, leading all, all players in the preseason with four drops, he comes in and pulls off five catches over 100 yards to lead the Bengals, did not put one on the turf. In fact, had a 50-yard touchdown catch at the end of the first half here from Joe Burrow. It, it kind of made me wonder. It was like, oh, my gosh, did, did A.J. Terrell just get traded to the Vikings? I thought this was the national championship game against Clemson all over again. <laughs> And Chase uh, uh, went nuts. Uh, good for you, Jamar Chase. And just as Zach Taylor said, guys, we were telling you, we're not worried about the drops. He's going to be fine. And clearly, he is. Let's get back to it, DJ. Well, look, today's trash day at my house. So take that preseason panic button and just dump it in the trash. Don't bring it back anymore. Just put it away. Don't, <laughs> don't ever read too much into the preseason. All right, I'm going to keep it going here. First start for Sam Darnold with his new team, the Carolina Panthers, ironically, coming against his old team, the New York Jets, and I thought Sam looked very comfortable. He looked very confident. He's never had anybody like Christian McCaffrey to be able to lean on from an offensive standpoint. I thought that the system there with Joe Brady, it fits very well with his skill set. Uh, you know, you can get excited. This is that time of year. You see week one, and you're a fan of the Carolina Panthers. They had the choice of a lot of different quarterbacks, different directions they could have gone. I think they made the right call here with Sam Darnold, who, again, guys, is so young. Uh, he's just going to continue to get better. He's never had a group like this in his NFL career. Yeah, he will continue to get better. Christian McCaffrey takes off so much pressure off of him. It's one of the things that you like about the situation that he has in Carolina. But how about the Houston Texans winning a game that many of us didn't expect him to win because we didn't know what to expect from the Houston Texans given all of the <laughs> stuff that is surrounding that franchise. But hats off to David Culley for getting his team to stay focused, to be locked in. They played a great game. Tyrod Taylor was outstanding managing the game and running that offense. And lo and behold, after week one, the Houston Texans are at the top of the division. Who would have thought about that heading into week one? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect, whether that's live music the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect. Yeah, I mean, absolutely unexpected, really on both sides, to see so much struggle from Jacksonville against a team like Houston, who we had virtually no expectations for. Okay, how about another first? Matthew Stafford's first game as an L.A. Ram Going quite swimmingly, uh, in fact. And I thought it was kind of interesting that Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth talked about it on the broadcast. Sean McVay needed a partner at quarterback. Somebody that's close to like his level in terms of understanding and grasping the game and how they want to attack defenses. Certainly felt like Stafford gave him that in this debut game. I've, he was perfect. Literally, perfect passer rating on two big-time categories. Downfield passes being one of them, as you see here in this grab from Cooper Cup. We saw it on the first touchdown to Van Jefferson. 7-9, 212 yards, three touchdowns on downfield passes that traveled more than 10 yards in the air. And then also, perfect passer rating, perfect 8-of-8 eight eight on play action. Two big keys to this Rams offense that showed us what this team can be with a quarterback like Stafford, because we talked about it as Super Bowl or bust, and I think they're they're forecasting uh, that into the future here as well with this first performance, guys. Yeah, one of the cool things to see Matthew Stafford there, but how about his left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, who's still doing it after all these years. So you got one Los Angeles team in great shape at quarterback position with a veteran left tackle. Let's go to the other Los Angeles team, the Chargers, who broke in Rashawn Slater in his very first start in the NFL, their rookie first round out of Northwestern. And, hey, no big deal. You just got to go up against the Washington football team, who has one of the best defensive lines in football. Joe Thomas appreciated the way that Rashawn Slater played. How good was he? How about no sacks, no pressures, no hurries, no problem? To the point where Chase Young, they ended up moving him to the other side and, and put Montez Sweat over him. And this wasn't a situation, Rhett, I was telling you, having been at this game and watching it live and putting your eyes on it, yeah. it wasn't like he was getting blown back and then anchor late. It wasn't like he was trying to wash guys past the quarterback. He yeah. was just settling on these guys at the line of scrimmage. Justin Herbert's never seen pockets like the one he saw in that game. He was just outstanding in his first start. Hey, Bucky, hang on one second here because I, I just want to bring us back to the draft process. What's the one thing we kept saying, like why people loved Rashawn Slater? the game against Ohio State and Chase yeah, Young, Chase right? Mm. And there we go. We saw it first right out of the gates and Slater again proving he's up to the task, Buck. Yeah, he absolutely did prove that he was up to the task. And I think if you're the Chargers and the fans, you should be excited because he looks like a perennial all-pro at the position. But let's go to another pro, not an all-pro, but another pro player. How about Teddy Bridgewater in his debut with the Denver Broncos? 
Teddy Bridgewater, to me, is the ultimate game manager and caretaker. When he plays on a playoff caliber team, he wins games. When you look at his career, you see him at Minnesota, in New Orleans, and now with the Denver Broncos, he's 23-11 and 11 and starts with those playoff caliber teams. He goes to the Broncos, does what he always does, gets the ball to the playmakers, avoids the big mistake, and just dust enough to get the team to the winner's circle. You can see why Vic Fangio was favoring the veteran in this quarterback competition. Teddy Bridgewater gives the Broncos a chance to win a, a ton of games. Yeah, just a couple of quick things to monitor from those last two games. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick went down with a hip injury. It is a hip subluxation. He's going to go on IR. So, uh, look, just a, a terrible outcome there uh, for the Washington football team. Loss and you lose your starting quarterback. And then Jerry Judy won to follow. High ankle sprain mm-hmm. left this game early. Uh, for the Denver Broncos. Keep our eyes on that for those two teams. Five rookie quarterbacks drafted in the first round this last year's draft. Three got the nod on opening day as starters. Trevor Lawrence, obviously number one overall pick, leading the Jaguars into Houston and had some struggles. Ended up throwing it 51 times. Imagine that's not the game script they want moving forward. Did end up with three touchdowns, most coming uh, in the second half, and then a trio of interceptions to go with it. Let's move on to the number two overall pick, Zach Wilson, Getting the start for the New York Jets. Wilson struggles early, again, kind of like Lawrence, but found some, found himself, it felt like, found some rhythm in the second half despite getting banged up and hit a ton in this game. Not banged up, no injury, but just got hit a bunch. 258 yards, pair of touchdowns, one to Corey Davis uh, to go along with early interception. Uh, Nice play, as you see there, by Shaq Thompson. Let's move on to Mac Jones. Again, in a loss, but still... Really nice performance for the rookie quarterback, number 15 overall pick here. You see this throw to Jacoby Myers, one of 29 completions. 19 yards short of his first 300-yard game. Ended up clean on the turnover sheet, no interceptions, and then did have uh, the one touchdown in that loss to the Dolphins at Gillette Stadium. Okay, so let's queue up our rookie report cards. And again, this is a segment you can count on each and every week here on our Move the Sticks Mondays. And um, let's start here, Bucky, with Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, you followed the Jaguars preseason very closely uh, on their broadcast. What did you see from Trevor and the grade you ultimately gave him here after week one? Well, it wasn't the best performance that we've seen from Trevor Lawrence. The first time he's ever thrown three interceptions in his life. But look, like a rookie, he struggled. So I'm going to give him a C- minus for his efforts. And here's the thing about Trevor Lawrence playing against Lovey Smith's defense. Lovey Smith is the proponent, like one of the founding fathers of Tampa 2. They want to have their eyes on the quarterback, and they want to force the quarterback to make tight window throws because they get great reactions on anticipating where the quarterback is going. Trevor Lawrence had a tough time with those defenders mirroring his every movement. He threw some interceptions early just because he didn't move the defenders with his eyes. And once that happened, it then becomes a test of your poise, patience, and discipline. And he didn't necessarily get it done in each of those areas. I think this is a game that he will learn from. Only average 6.1 yards per attempt. And it's because he took him a while to settle before he became willing to take the check down and let the other guys do the work for him. Yeah, sometimes I just don't love the way the schedule lays out because, man, you would love to see them play a team. This is not this is not a great Texans team. They played well in this game. But next week you go to Denver. This isn't like you're back at Clemson or Ohio State for Trevor Lawrence and for Urban Meyer. There's no Norfolk State next week. you got to play the Denver Broncos in that front. Uh, so that this is what's kind of a bummer about this for the Jags because this was a winnable football game and they did not play well. 
yeah, well, I, we have not yet seen even close to the best of Trevor Lawrence, and I'll look forward to watching his progress, which you can document here with us on Move the Sticks. Let's move on to Zach Wilson here. DJ, what's your grade for the Jets starter? Well, I'm going to give Zach, which is a tough one. It was a tale of two halves. So I'm going to give him a C- minus for his overall performance. And, you know, look, the grade would be lower in the first half. I thought he played really well in the second half. The first half, I don't even really put it on him so much because when you watched it, you mentioned it, right? He got hit a bunch. It was physical beats up front with the offensive line. There was miscommunication. There were tight ends and backs having issues. So to me, I, I gave him a B minus overall. But I thought in that second half, you saw the creativity and the big playability. Um, I thought he really got it going. So if they can protect him and keep him upright and healthy this year, this kid's going to be really good. And that's a sentiment, not just mine, from talking to folks around the league. They noticed uh, what he did in this ballgame. He's got talent. Oh, he absolutely has talent, DJ. And you're right. It's all about protection. It's making sure that he doesn't get hit so he doesn't lose the confidence and the swag that he entered the league with. But the talent is there. He can make all the throws that you want to see. He has some pizzazz to his game. Now it's about the Jets surrounding him with enough weapons on the outside and the right protection in front to allow him to grow into being a big-time playmaker. Yeah, a friend of the program, uh, Brian Burns, said after the game uh, for the Panthers, the defensive end who did sack uh, Zach Wilson in this game, wanted to, wanted to make it hell on him, and, and they did, uh, especially in that first half. I mean, really getting after him, putting the pressure on him, but I uh, thought he kind of persevered in that game really well. Let's move on to Mac Jones, starting against his former Alabama teammate over on the other side, Tuatunga Bailoa. We're going to give Mac Jones an A in a loss? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, look, it, it's what we got to do. We're going to give Mac the A, but I think the grade would be lower if you were just looking at production, probably a B on production. But, uh, you know, we, we talk about command and conviction. He was a disciplined operator of the Patriots offense. You mentioned patience and discipline. Bucky talking about Trevor Lawrence going against that Houston Texans defense. Well, Mac showcased his patience and his discipline within the framework of the New England offense. He did what they asked him to do all day long. 24 of 29 on throws that tra- that went less than 10 plus uh, 10 yards in the air. Only 10 of his attempts went in the air longer than 10 yards. That's what they were going to do. They got a 100-yard rusher out of Damian Harris and he just he operated well in the confines of the offense, DJ. You want to make layups, Mac Jones is going to make those layups. And I think you'll see as the season goes along, they'll get more confident and comfortable letting him push it downfield a little bit. But it was fun to watch this tape. They did a lot of three-by-one stuff, and they would get the back to the weak side and just get him one-on-ones with linebackers. Those are just easy, baked-in completions for Mac Jones, and he operated very efficiently. I would just add here, Rhett, as I look at the collection of our report card, B minus, C minus, A. That would be uh, math, English, and then PE for me. Those would be my three grades. Uh, <laughs> English and PE. See, uh, yeah, see, like uh, m- more of a speech. If we had the speech and debate elective, I could throw in another A for all three of us. You guys have done well. Uh, this is good. And uh, up next, we're going to get into the Falcons rookie quarterback grade. Oh, wait. They did not draft a rookie quarterback uh, in the in, with that fourth overall pick. They instead... Went with the tight end, Kyle Pitts. And this was an absolute debacle for the Atlanta Falcons in their season opener at home. First game for new head coach Arthur Smith, and they fail to score a touchdown. Get a look at the Falcons' offense uh, last couple of years as we compare what we saw in 2020. This is a team that scored close to 25 points a game. Again, didn't muster a, a single touchdown 
against the Eagles. And, we, and credit to the Eagles, by the way. Well, we got into that a little bit uh, earlier in the show. Third down percentage, they were actually a top 10 team in converting third downs last year. They converted just three in 14 opportunities against the Eagles on Sunday. And with that, let's get you to our scout stories. And DJ, uh, how does a scout story kind of help us uh, depict what we saw in Atlanta from the Falcons on Sunday? Well, I'm going to take you inside draft rooms because, you know, Bucky and I have been in there and you're not only in the draft process in those meetings comparing, you know, grades on players, you're comparing positional value for players. And I want to be upfront about this. This is not revisionist history. This is not something that Bucky and I didn't discuss on the podcast in the run up to the draft with that decision for the Atlanta Falcons. But here are the facts. You've got a 36 year old Matt Ryan. And you've got a quarterback who was staring at you. We were advocating for Justin Fields at that time. You still have Mac Jones as well, who it looks like that could have been a good decision as well. But if you take a tight end, and we love Kyle Pitts, huge grades on Kyle Pitts. But if you have a 36-year-old quarterback and you've got a quarterback of the future staring at you, the only way you take a tight end, Buck, is if you think he's the missing piece that you can win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan in the next couple years and he's going to push you over the top. And I think after watching this week one game, we can all agree this team is a long ways away from being championship caliber. Yeah. And it goes back to that discussion pre-draft. This could have been a colossal mistake for them not to secure the quarterback of the future with that pick. And guys, this was what we talked about, DJ Bucky. We talked about this all throughout the draft when discussing that fourth overall pick. Thought it was a real pivot point for new GM Terry Fontenot, new head coach Arthur Smith, because if they saw a quarterback of the future for the next 15 years available for them at number four, they couldn't pass him up. No yeah. matter what, you have to take that player in that spot. So then the question, D, uh, Bucky, to play devil's advocate, did they just not have that type of grade then on Justin Fields or Mac Jones? You know, it's interesting. And only the people inside the building in Atlanta would know if they had grades that would warrant Justin Fields being taken at four. However, I would say in scouting Justin Fields, that he certainly was worthy of being a top five pick when you see the size, the arm talent, the athleticism, the fact that he also is from around that greater Atlanta area. It would have made sense in a bunch of different in a bunch of different aspects for me for the team to take him. But when you think about what the Atlanta Falcons could have done, they could have seamlessly transitioned from Matt Ryan to the quarterback of the future with Matt Ryan still playing this year and possibly next year. But for them to ignore the position and to take what we call a luxury item, a luxury item on the offense where maybe you get the tight end to do it, to me, I think is one of those things that they may look back and really look back on that decision with great regret. Because right now, from what we've seen from all of the quarterbacks taken in the first round, it looks like all of them have some special stuff to them. All of them have that secret sauce that you look for in franchise quarterbacks. And just to further elaborate here real quick, guys, like, I had, I think Pitts was my second or third overall player. So I had a higher grade on Pitts than I did on Justin Fields. But when you're in that right. draft room and you're having your meetings, if you don't have your quarterback of the future and you're staring at what you believe is a very good quarterback, you take a good quarterback over a Hall of Fame tight end every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's the most important position in sports. And this is a 15-year decision. Uh, so, I mean, right. to me, that's... That's why it's going to be fascinating to watch this. I still I have high hopes for Kyle Pitts. I know the numbers weren't great in this game. He's going to put up numbers. He's going to be a great player. But when you have a chance to solidify the quarterback position for the next 10 to 15 years, man, I just I, I don't know how you don't get that done. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on there, DJ, because Kyle Pitts' talent warranted becoming the highest drafted tight end in the common draft era, just not necessarily to a team well, 
that well, real quick, real quick, real quick. If, if Matt Ryan's 26 years old and not 36 years old, I would totally different in. ball game. Take Kyle Pitts 100%. all day. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, and, and that that becomes the crux of the debate right there, and one that we will continue to have and follow for the Atlanta Falcons. But again, all five first-round quarterbacks that were drafted scored a touchdown on week one. The Falcons did not. And with that, let's get our final thoughts here from uh, this uh, first Monday Move the Sticks episode of the season. And Bucky, let's start with you. What's on your mind? Oh, I love what Nick Sirianni did with Jalen Hurts. After being the subject to a bunch of jokes about his press conference attire and his words and the way he presented, I will say this. He knows football because what I saw from Jalen Hurts was a reminder, very reminiscent of what he did at Oklahoma. Swing passes, RPOs, quick rhythm throws, design quarterback runs, mixed in with some read option. And as a result, Jalen Hurts looks decisive. He looked confident. He played really well. And this Eagles offense looked more potent, I think anybody imagined. Hats off to Nick Sirianni for putting together a great game plan for his young quarterback. And Buck, I was out there at training camp, and to me, looking at this version of Jalen Hurts was much better than what I saw out there at practice. And there's some guys who are practice guys and some guys that are game guys. When things speed up, some guys struggle and some guys excel. I thought you saw Jalen Hurts as a gamer. When the speed picks up, he's able to slow things down. Uh, I was very impressed with what he was able to get done against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I'm going to go, though, to the West Coast, and I'm going to go to the best division of football right now, the NFC West, and the Seattle Seahawks getting a, a big-time win. And Russell Wilson going out there and throwing four touchdowns. His marriage with Shane Waldron, his new offensive coordinator. I mean, I don't know if it can work any better than this. They were efficient running the ball. They were physical. And then Russell Wilson, with all these weapons around him, just, just made it look easy against a really, really good football team. Yeah, it was fun to watch, and uh, hopefully the Colts get better returns uh, from their trade for Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Didn't think he was bad in this game, but uh, they're going to need a little bit more from him to uh, compete over there in the AFC. Uh, you were talking about the NFC West, though, DJ, and NFC West won a perfect 4-0 uh, on your Week 1 Sunday, and in the 49ers included in that. They were absolutely routing the Lions, but some credit – to Dan Campbell. We gave him a lot of guff for that opening press conference speech about the kneecaps, but they kind of did exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, the 49ers knocked him down, punched him in the mouth a couple of times, but they got up clawing at that kneecap of the 49ers and almost made this thing <laughs> a game down the stretch. You know what I mean? I mean this, was, this was a 41-33 game with the Lions having an opportunity to go in and score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion to tie it uh, in the final seconds. They weren't able to do it. Oh, and by the way, guys, Turns out a Shanahan found another sixth-round rookie running back uh, that did. worked out pretty well for him. How about that? Elijah Mitchell, 100-yard performance. Wow, the raging Cajun even into the end zone on an explosive play in relief of Raheem Mostert, who went down with a knee injury early in that game. So just like you drew it up, right? The run game rules the day again. What do you got, Deej? How's, how's the studio? How, we we want to get in there. How's that thing look? Can you come sit next to me or something? I, I just, I'm all alone here. I got like four chairs sitting out here and I'm the only one sitting in them. It's a little weird. Um, but looking forward to getting back here with you guys next week and being with all of you at home every Monday. Thanks so much for being with us here on this Move the Sticks Monday. We'll see you right back here next Monday, same time, same place. Have a good day, everybody.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect, whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.